Welcome to episode 192 of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South and Texas Pete. On today's episode, we discuss the Clemson-Duke game and what it means for the future of Clemson, and then we make our best bets from each of the Power Five conferences before making our picks for the game of the week. You can find the show on our website, SaturdayDownSouth.com and Apple and Spotify. During the season, join us for the live recording of the show every Sunday at 8 Eastern Time on the Saturday Down South YouTube page. You can find clips from the show on Twitter at SatDownSouth and at SatFBUncensored on Instagram and TikTok at SaturdayDownSouth. You can find us on YouTube, of course, at SaturdayDownSouth. And now, here's the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South and Texas Pete. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, coming to you live from a hotel in Oberlin, Ohio. And I'm here with my co-host, Chris Marler, at Vern Funquist. What up, dog? You're in Oberlin? Oberlin. It's like right outside of Cleveland. Sounds beautiful. There's a Oberlin, college here. It's called it just Oberlin like College. A a foggy-ass cloud. That's kind of what it looks like outside right now, to be honest. Not the best town I've been to. Tried to go out, you know, flew in last night, tried to be like, hey, you know, I'm with my business partner, and I was like, hey, let's go out and, you know, get a bite to eat, have a good time. Every place closed by 9 p.m. here. So, How far is it outside of Cleveland? 30 minutes. No. Flew into Cleveland. Well, 30 minutes from the airport. I don't know. I don't know how far from the Cleveland limit. Yeah. City limit. Yeah. Uh, how How's the week going, man? You excited for the big game this weekend? You're going to Tuscaloosa, correct? I am. So I got to I gotta do some stuff tonight to get ready. Got to shave my entire body so I, there's no wind yeah. resistance when I'm going up the – because I think my tickets are in the upper deck. So it's like I don't want to – I don't want this kickoff, you know? <laughs> like that would be a nightmare. So <laughs> – All right. <laughs> so – um. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped, dude. I like we I did an interview earlier with Clint Lamb from Bam Online. Um, it's up on it'll be up on the SCS YouTube page and I'll post it on social media as well. And he 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 usually talks me off the ledge when I'm when I'm down on Bama. And I think that uh pretty pumped. Pretty, pretty pumped. It's like officially talked off the ledge. Well we'll have to see you later in the in the episode when we do our picks. Well, Before, real quick. Yeah. What I'm most excited about from this, and I was thinking about this the other day, is like, because I, I didn't go to Bama, obviously, right? I had, we had season tickets when I was growing up. But like, so I went to like Bama UCLA in like 2001, and game day was there. And like, I've been to game day on campus. I've been to like big, like SEC games, like top 10 matchups. I didn't go to LSU because I was in fucking Athens. Um, but like, this is like the biggest matchup. Like, this is probably a top five on campus matchup of my lifetime. Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah. Um, obviously we'll break it down more, but man, it's a huge game for Sark. Um, but it's a big game for Saban too, you know, for all, for all the haters that are out there that are thinking his career is over and the dynasty is done. I mean, this is a big way to cement your legacy for this year, at least. Uh, but before we get to this week, we gotta, we gotta backtrack because we recorded on Monday night during the Clemson Duke game. Right. And you know, while we were recording, I was kind of catching things here and there, and it looked like Clemson was clearly struggling to score. Um, dog, 28-7, to seven, they lose to Duke. Um, 
the only reason they got any points was because Duke muffed a, a punt inside the red zone. Right. That was Otherwise, it. they would have had all, over 400 yards of offense and not scored a damn point. I, I mean, I guess I can't say that definitively, but you know what I mean. Insane. Yeah, no, that's, I don't think that's far off at all. Um, you know, I don't look. <laughs> I'd love to know what Dabo is thinking right now. I mean, he's been against going to the portal and getting help, which I think we can clearly see based on evidence that is just stacking on top of each other now, whether you want to look at Colorado with 86 transfers or you want to look at a team like Florida State who's adding key pieces to an already pretty good roster like a Keon right. Coleman to just take them over the top and a Jaheim Bell. Dabo just has refused to do that. We've been critical of it. A lot of people have been critical of it. Um, a lot of noise was around DJU. Is Clemson's right. offense stagnant because DJU just isn't that great of a QB? He goes out this weekend, scores five touchdowns on his own, has maybe the best game of his career, granted, played against San Jose State. But then Clemson, fast forward to Monday, Clemson goes out and barely puts up any points on a Duke team who's legitimately a good team. I mean, they're a top 25. Yeah. And, you know, look, like in our ACC preview, you know, there's a lot to be said for Riley Leonard and and just what Mike Elko is doing with this program. But, I mean – the amount of talent that Clemson has on that team, I don't care if it was at Wallace Wade Stadium. Nobody gives – that's a high school stadium. First off, Wallace they Wade's get, a great man, won national championships at Alabama. Okay, um, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, but, well, real quick, you talk about Wallace Wade. Side note, one of the best petty moments of the week and maybe the season so far. So, Dabo openly complains about that walk. That walk is horseshit. It's like – it's a very long walk. I don't know if you saw this. Because I remember when Bama played there in like 2010, you come out of the locker room and then you got like a, it's it's like it's like going to a high school football game. You have like a, yeah. a several hundred yard walk, and they have a track around the field, right? <laughs> so just to be dicks, whoever's in charge of this, they put up a bunch of bouncy houses in between the like a, like a, literally like a an obstacle course of bouncy houses houses from their locker room to the field. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> did you see did you okay so duke duke ends up winning the game 28 7 right um all of the concerns that we had about clemson not having any receivers seems to be true thus far mm-hmm. i mean it seems to me that will shipley and maybe somewhat phil maffa are the mm-hmm. only pieces they have they're both running backs right and shipley's good i i, I make fun yeah. of them a lot but like shipley is good and, Okay, can we and like can we just talk about this for a second? And like, spoiler alert, it's gonna involve race. Okay, but by the way, by the way, real quick, did you see the Duke uh, official football account tweet after the game? They said uh, they posted a graphic that was like shut out in the second half, and the and their tweet just said must have been the walk. There were so many listen, like this is why I love college football so much because there's so many great moments that happen in this game. And after the game, like Duke rushing the field was awesome. Yeah. And then Riley Leonard, who's like like Riley Leonard it might be my new favorite player. He's hilarious. Yeah, he like, seems he's, like, like such a nice guy. Yeah. And they were asking, they were asking like during like they showed like they zoom in on like a, a wristband. Now listen, I was a, a high schooler once, like it was like at the peak of live strong shit. And like so I, I was like all about like, let's get let me get as many like motivational wristbands as possible, like all that kind of stuff. He's, Dude, he's Lance wearing... Armstrong is like one of the best humans ever. Yeah. Wow, exactly. were we wrong? 
It's totally wrong. <laughs> Shut up, man. I had an extra dollar at Hibbit Sports. I just wanted to get some swag and an accessory for my right my right uh, wrist. But like, <laughs> he, so they zoom in on his like his bracelet or, or rubber band or whatever, and it just says "You suck." And they were like, "What is this?" And he's like, "That's what my mom always tells me, just to remind me, like, to keep my head." Like, I don't get too big of a head. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, and then there was a moment after the game where he, like, is doing his interview, and he's like, so-and-so, my teacher for blah, blah, blah. Like, can you give me an extension of my homework? And the teacher comes out and was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you should have been like, like your other teammates who actually did the work ahead of time and turned it in early. Yeah, and it's what he said in the coming off the field is, like, this, like, probably the biggest. They, they, hadn't, they hadn't beaten Clemson, I think. And I could be wrong with this, but did I see they hadn't beaten Clemson since like 1988 or 89? Yeah, I think it was the 80s. Yeah, they had beaten before, but it had been obviously a long time. Which is um, insane, but like I get it. And then they come in and they're like, um, you have that moment. And then you have, like I said, like the rush in the field and the bouncy house thing. So many moments of Dabo just in in hell, just in pure hell. But here's what I was going to say. This And like, we're not a political podcast. It doesn't need to be anything that's serious. Not everything has to be a thing. This is just funny to me in the year 2023. At one point during the game, Clemson had nine wide offensive starters <laughs> on the field. Not a recipe for success. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was looking as at a white male. That is not a represent. Uh, that's not a recipe for success. I, I mean. <laughs> Sometimes, like it wasn't a bunch of Will Shipley's. I tell you what, it was more offensive than anything I saw on on the field that night. Which, like, the starters weren't offensive, but you know what I'm saying. What was more yeah. offensive than anything? They had a fucking offensive tackle. It was the right tackle was wearing a visor, Ooh. like like a clear visor, not yeah. like a cool, just a just a just speedo goggles on. Like it was it was ridiculous. And then, and I looked at one point, I was like, "There's no way that's nine starters that are white at the same. What is that? like?" What is happening? And I look up, and there's the 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 pass is thrown from club deck, and it's incomplete. And I shit you not, the intended target was a white receiver wearing number thirteen. And if there is yep. not a more indicative thing that Davo has refused to move on, <laughs> then, then I don't know what it is. But he's like trotting out a, a receiver with Hunter Renfro's number six years later is like actually. Goodness. Did we prove that it's not Hunter Renfro still? Yeah, <laughs> very, very good point. Um, um, no, a so a couple, a couple of things here from this game. Yeah. First off, uh, and I'm just looking like super big picture. Like this totally changes. Like as a Florida State fan, like now, because I was contemplating during the game, I was like, do I really want Duke to win this? Because if right. if Clemson wins, then Clemson's probably going to be undefeated when Florida State goes up there. You probably get game day. It looks better on your resume if you beat them. But then I started thinking, well, if they lose, now you maybe you don't – if you do make the ACC championship game, you don't have to play them twice. Right. They are behind the ball. If you beat them in Death Valley, they have two ACC losses in the first month of the season, which I can't remember the last time they had two ACC losses. What, what is it? Do you know I mean? Like, I don't – I seriously, I, I can't remember. They've run the league for the last – since basically 2014, 2015. So it's been a while. Um, yeah. The other thing I'm thinking is – at this point, I fully expect this to be Mike Elko's last season at Duke because, I mean, look, maybe he's in love with Duke, but considering all of the uh, movement that's going on in college football, I don't imagine Duke is going to survive in these big conferences that are being created. Mike Elko is going to be possibly 
person number one up for the next big job in the offseason? I I mean, it's early in the year, right? But that it seems to be that way. Like, like that's Duke nine wins in his first season. Right. And then your first game in, in your second season, you knock off a top 10 Clemson team. Phenomenal defensive coach that was at um, A&M for, for probably far too long now when you look at it. Um, yeah. No, I'm kind of with you, man. I, I thought I thought it was like – and here's the thing, too. You got to give – you got to give, like – what's the phrase? You, like, you got to give so-and-so their flowers. Like, you got to give um, Duke their flowers and give them credit and stuff like that because because this was a game, like, where – I. I thought Clemson would cover in the first half because it, it, it was one of those things where I thought they were going to have to come out with their hair on fire to be like, hey, we're back. Let's shut everyone up. And, bro, they looked more inept than they had in years. They looked even worse. Garrett Riley, your offensive coordinator, that like everyone, he was like the darling offensive coordinator besides the guy from Washington like that was available. And that guy ended up obviously going back to Washington. So this is the biggest free agent you could find on the market, I think, for offensive coordinators, unless I'm forgetting somebody. And he has seven total points that he's put up in his last two games, not just games, but big games, like yeah. national televised, both on a Monday. Garrett Riley cannot coach on a Monday. I'll tell you that much right now. That's right. That's a certainty. That's what I'm never yeah, We all hate Mondays, but Garrett Riley really hates Mondays. <laughs> really um, hates no, but here's the thing that will concern me even more if you're a Clemson fan is – we thought we, we kind of gave Dabo credit for finally going out of the Clemson family and right. hiring a big name. But what should concern you is before the game was even kicked off in a press conference, someone asked what Garrett Riley's offense was going to bring to the team. And he said, Garrett Riley was brought here as to coordinate the Clemson offense, not coordinate some other offense, the Clemson off. I get a little bit worried that Dabo's too involved in the offense. A little bit too worried. Well, I mean, look, you, you know, you say that Riley only scored seven last year in the championship game as well. So it's like this is maybe somewhat, somewhat of a track record. I don't know if it's necessarily that. I mean, you run up against Georgia last year. We all well, knew that was a big joke. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got you. But yeah. uh, but more so, I Dabo's probably – this is Dabo, dude. He can't give it up. He's he's like the, he's like, uh, the guy from Days and Confused that's like – Always wants to go back, you know. I mean, you know what I love about these high school girls. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping you I weren't keep... going to go through with that impression. <laughs> or he's he's kind of like Jimbo. Look at Jimbo; it's the same thing. Yeah, it's just they're like you know, it's just the same old college ball. You know, I know how to coach ball. I've had I've had success. I ain't going to change who I am. And look, college ball clearly has changed a ton. And uh, you could say it about Jimbo, and and we could definitely say it about Dabo. He's not changing quick enough for the times, and I just wonder. I don't think he's in danger of losing his job, but I don't know if the power boosters at Clemson are going to have to say, look, we got to, we have to have a, a total shift in the way we're doing things here. No, I agree with you. And as we were talking, I finally finished my deep dive that I should have done before we started recording. So we are I, like, there's, there was, a, I did a, a deep dive on Clemson this morning on what I personally think the biggest problem is with Clemson. Cause you have the receivers. And I think that's partially true. I think the, the receiver situation is like, you know, part of it's like a natural drop-off. You're not going to go out there and get DeAndre Hopkins or Sammy Watkins or, you know, they've had, they've had several um, former five-star receivers. and, and they. It, but, like, the thing with Clemson that happens more than anything is, like, like we talk about Ohio State being, like, DBU or receiver U right now, like with all these, like, receiver recruits are bringing in or Bama being receiver U or Georgia being linebacker U or running back U, like, whatever, right? Clemson – 
is like mentioned in those things, but the difference between them and those other teams I just mentioned is they recruit stars everywhere, not just at certain positions. Like they recruit stars to everywhere. And Clemson, I don't know if you've looked at their numbers because we just kind of, I just, I feel like at least for me, I always assume that they just, they're always a top 10 or top five recruiting or recruiting class each year. But the recruiting, it might be the biggest indicator of like how how stubborn Dabo's been, even more than the portal. Like I'm going through it now, since 2010, all the way through 2023. So that is, that's 14 years since he's been the head coach, right? He became head coach in 2009. So this is um, his first recruiting class up in 2010. He has signed a total of, of 53 offensive linemen. Okay. We know about the receivers. We know about the quarterbacks, generational quarterbacks. We know about like some of the D linemen that he's had on those on those teams. We know about some of the defensive backs. But receivers and quarterbacks is mainly what we see, right? He signed 53 total offensive linemen in those 14 years. Do you want to guess how many of them were four uh, were five stars? Four. Two. Damn. The same amount of two stars that he's also brought in during that time. And that may not sound like a big deal because it's like, oh, well, you know, like he got, he, he probably just got a bunch of high four stars. You look at the numbers and that is not even close to being the truth. He had, out of his 53 total, he had 16 um, four stars uh, out of the 53, which is 30%, right? The majority of them, almost 60% of them were just three stars. Now that might seem like a problem to some teams. If you're Mississippi State, if you're Virgi- I don't, like Virginia Tech, if you're like, maybe you, maybe you swim in that, that, shallow to middle end of the pool but if you're clemson and you have like we we talk about clemson in the same breath that we talk about alabama and georgia and ohio state and like and those teams and they're not and i don't i don't yeah. know genuinely if it's more impressive or less impressive the coaching job that Dabo's done i, I really don't know like you would kind of you could make an argument for either and maybe we give him credit and say like it's, it's a great job but dude i'm looking at some of these recruiting classes and and here's the thing i preach about this all the time with Kirby. And this is one of the things that made Saban different. And it's one of the things that makes Kirby better than any other coach in the country right now. And that is the fact that he recruits at a higher level. He develops them at a higher level. And then he puts their ass in the NFL and makes them millionaires at a higher rate than any other fucking coach in the country. And you talk about Dabo and the total amount of like players that have gone into the NFL. It'd be one thing if he was bringing a bunch of three stars and putting them out in the league. Do you have any idea how many offensive linemen from Clemson have been drafted in the last 13 years? Two. Five. Oh, so he has that. developed. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> the highest rate, like, okay, so five total. Yeah. That's very different than, yeah. than elite programs. And again, we're, I'm only saying this because we, we talk about Clemson like they're elite. And like, you know, it's, I don't know how you don't look at that and you're like, the games are won and lost in the trenches. It's not just in the SEC, it's around the country. There's a reason yeah. why sometimes they can't they, – the reason why Clemson beat Bama's ass in 2018 is because that defensive line manhandled the offensive line. But, like, Clemson's O-line has been a, a weak link on this on – this, not just offense, but this team for quite some time. I remember saying it before the 2021 Georgia game. But those are all the numbers that you have people that brought in. Dude, from, from – he said five, five total offensive linemen from one of the premier programs in the country in the last 13 seasons – and if you don't think that's low, from 2012 to 2019, yes, 2019, okay? So it's like seven mm-hmm. years. 
He had the same amount of offensive linemen drafted as he had punters. And that mm. total was one. Punter you? Punter you. <laughs> Punter Renfro. <laughs> like, but like, I mean, but think about what I'm saying. One offensive lineman drafted in seven years at a program like that is is unacceptable for one. And like you're not gonna get like you don't have protection for your quarterback. You don't have you don't you aren't able to like you without a generational QB, yeah. This is what this offense looks like. And I just was blown away. And and the fact that you have just out of those five players, last guess I'll have you or last answer I'll have you guess. Do you have any idea how many first rounders they've had? First rounders in total? No, from that are on the offensive line. None? Zero. I hate that you're so good at this game. Zero total first round picks on the offensive line. If you don't think that's a big deal to put that in perspective, during that same time span, 42 separate teams have had at least one offensive lineman drafted in the first round. And that's including teams like Northern Iowa, Tulsa, UT Chattanooga, Alabama State, Washington State, um, Central Michigan, like Baylor, Idaho. That is, that's, that is such a crucial part of football, and it's a massive miss from Davo Sweeney and has been for quite some time. Yeah, and it, look, I mean, they're going to have to get this figured out because Duke is a good team, but yeah. you still have to play Florida State at home. Yeah. Go to Wake Forest, who's always got a good offense. You're going to have to score with Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. At Miami, at NC State, they got Notre Dame at home. They got UNC at home. Then they got to go yeah. at South Carolina. Like if you can't get this offense figured out, there's a there's five losses on the schedule left. Yeah. Also, so like in the future, like maybe just fucking over guess on like the numbers I'm giving you. Like you don't have to like. It's not always one dollar. Yeah. Like we're on the Price is Right, dickhead. I will. I will comply. Um, all right, well, let's move into uh, what should be a fun week, too. We still have a lot of the kind of BS games where you've got people playing FCS opponents or playing, you know, G5 opponents. But yeah. there are some good games on the schedule, including the big one of the week, which we'll pick at the end here. Let's just kind of jump conference to conference and just tell me what games you like you would want to bet on. Um, no particular order. We'll just go alphabetical. Um, in the ACC, the first game that I like, Saturday at noon on ESPN2, number 10, Notre Dame at NC State. Mm-hmm. Uh, NC State's plus seven and a half. So Notre Dame, obviously everybody likes them right now because Sam Hartman has looked really good in the first two games. But I, I don't know exactly that we know what Notre Dame is yet. I mean, Navy yeah. has a brand new coach. They played a no-name team last week as well. Um Sam Hartman ha- hasn't exactly done well against NC State because, you know, obviously he was at Wake for 16 years. Yeah. Um, last year, Wake only put up 20 against NC State in Raleigh. Hartman was sacked three times. Um, Tony Gibson, the NC State in- uh, defensive coordinator, has gone up head-to-head against Hartman three times. Six touchdowns, six interceptions in those games. Not very good numbers. Um, no. And he got sacked 13 times in those games. Okay. In comparison, like in comparison, uh, in all other games, he has 110 touchdowns and 35 picks. Wow. So NC State has just not been great. I said last week I picked UConn against NC State because I thought they may be looking ahead to to Notre Dame. So I'm going to take uh, and NC State's usually a tough team at home. So I'm going to take NC State plus seven and a half here. Any get yeah, any? 
there's another game I have uh, another couple games I think in this conference in the ACC. Um, well, you know, I picked Miami here because it was just a, a Texas A&M and Miami just because it was a yeah ACC home game. We could throw it in the SEC if we want. Yeah, because I think um, that's a bigger. Well, no, let's talk about it now. Let's talk about it now. Let's we'll, we'll get a okay. mixture of both. So, what are, what are your thoughts here? I'll, I'll give you my pick too. But what are what are what are your thoughts on this game? Absolute fucking lock of the week. A and M money line. I know the the number has come down yeah. from like six and a half to four. Hammer the money line. It's, so to put that in perspective, it, that is a similar money line you had to uh, when Utah was playing Florida, and that it trickled down to four or to four. Um, you get that at minus 190, 195. So you put down 100 to 150. That is a that's still a lot of a lot of value there. Um, yeah, I, I think hammer a and Hey, listen, I, I I watching. I went back and watched that a and M game, and I know they're playing New Mexico. I fully get it. But we saw that a and M team struggle with with some pretty shit teams in the past. Um, Connor Wigman is a, is the real deal, and they've got some some weapons at receiver. Um, I don't trust Mario Cristobal more than anything in big games. That's the main thing. And it's not like they have a home field advantage. Like, I don't, I don't know what those, what those. What... Oh, the, the Bogo tickets. If you buy a ticket to this game, you get a free Georgia Tech ticket. Oh, I didn't see that. Is that real? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's real. Jesus. <laughs> I like, I, I, they need to call this game like the 12th Man Bowl because you have obviously the 12th Man tradition with A and M. But like for Miami, it's just like the literal twelfth man to walk into the stadium as a fan because that's about like how many they're gonna have. I also, exactly. would love to have just a Truman Show twenty-four hour video of the A and M Yell Leaders like going into Miami, just being in like the the weirdest parts of town. I just would fucking oh my absolutely God, that love would that. Be great content, and they wouldn't yeah. really be trying to be funny. At um, least would just come out with glitter all over their face at like seven a.m. from a. a a certain club like in on the strip there but i think (laughs) like i think i think this game is a game that jimbo has to win i think honestly man i like i I don't think it's too early to say this maybe i'm overreacting which i never do you know what i mean like rarely does that happen um i think a&m is a contender contender in the sec not not for not for just the west or or the second or second place in the west i think they are good enough to be a contender in the sec um and i think they go take care of business and again crystal ball man like in big games where does he go yeah no he's conservative and and tell me that's that's why i like the under in this game uh because i don't i don't know that i trust the a&m offense just yet like yeah we'll see what happens in this game you know i'll become more of a believer if they they put up big points in this game but uh, i think both i think both head coaches really need this win yeah. Um, and I did like what Miami did last week. It was Miami of Ohio, but I mean, they clearly were confident because like, QB was talking yeah. shit. They they lost 38-3. And so Miami looked good on defense. Um, they looked better on offense. Tyler Van Dyke's healthy. Um, so instead of betting on I, I can't bet on Crystal Ball. I mean, this game was what 17 to 9 last year? It was a very low scoring game. Um and, and I love this- I love AM's talent on defense. I mean, it it's yeah. It, it, there's, I don't know outside of maybe Georgia, like the, the defensive line is the most talent in the country. It's, I mean, probably, yeah, it has the highest ceiling but, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it so I don't know. Cool. I like the under in this game. I, I can't see, you know, a total of 51, unless you're predicting some kind of crazy blowout. You think it's saying basically one team's going to be in the 30s, maybe, or yeah. they'll both be in the mid 20s. I just don't see that 
Um, so I'm going to take right, the under. Who's Miami going to put up? Do you think? I don't know. I, I, I just, I just, 20. I like A and M to win the game because I think they got a lot more talent, and I like Jim. Jimbo has always played Miami well, and he, he, I do think that he plays in big games well. Yeah, I was going to say you knew better than me on that, but I, I think, and and listen, the win loss record in the SEC might not necessarily say that, but do you think about like we don't need to reward close losses necessarily, but like the seven point loss at Clemson, the two point loss at home against Clemson. Um, you know, they yeah. played they played Georgia pretty close on the road, Bama at home. They get the win there in 2021. Last year, playing pretty tough. Um, I mean, A&M, they, they, he does have a track record when it matters to go. I mean, look, I mean, LSU last year, LSU 2018. Yeah. Like there's – and I know that some of those he had some help and stuff like that, but like, you know, that doesn't – that's not what shows up on the scoreboard a, a week after that game ends. So I think that Miami, man, like I, I just don't trust them at all. Because yeah. if I, I say this all the time with Texas, and I say it with like we talk about with Florida State or other teams that are like prominent national powers that we are like, well, like the people say they're back and they're not. If there's one that I am in like the most hesitant on about being back, it's definitely Miami. Definitely. Yeah. Um, all right. That's it's keeping in the conference. I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of these games, mainly because I didn't spend any time reading on them. I'd say if I'm just first glance looking at a bet, Vandy Wake. I I, I'm on that game. I like Vandy plus ten and a half. Do you I'm on I'm on the other side. We'll make it You're a we'll make it a, am, so I don't, we'll make it a one v one bet here. Okay. I don't know what we'll, the bet will be, but I I, I like I don't think Vandy can score with Wake. At Wake so mm-hmm. I look at Wake as like Dave Clawson. He's a great offensive coach. True. And I don't think their QB, Mitch Griffiths, is anywhere close to Sam Hartman. But I think he also runs like a system where you just plug in a QB and yeah. you can put up points in his offenses. So I just think, I mean, Wake won handily last year. Um, I'd, I'd love it to be nine and a half rather than ten and a half, but I'm, sure. I'm going to take Wake. Um, and at the end, we want to circle back to this and make sure you remind me because I, I, I will forget. Um, but like, this is a huge weekend for the SEC and the optics of the conference because yeah. one weekend can be a fluke. And I know you have this resume of like 15, 20 years of dominance, but like week one and week two, you're going to have some teams talking, right? Um, Pepper says, hello guys. She's upset. Pepper. We got it. So, all right. Last one I have from the ACC or last two, I'll say. Okay. Talk me out of wagering literally any money. If I'm a better on. Virginia Tech at home versus Purdue, only a three-point favorite. Or James I, I, Madison is a six-point favorite on the road against. Yeah, I like. Uh, I I do actually like Virginia Tech in that game. I, I was looking at that game. It's another one of those things where Virginia Tech looked better last week than I thought most people. I mean, most people had them pegged as one of the bottom two or three teams in the ACC. I think Virginia Tech actually looked pretty good last last week and. We'll see. I mean, uh, minus three at home. I, I'm not. Purdue's got a new coach. Uh, I'll take Virginia Tech there. I, I'm not going to talk you out of it. Yeah, I mean, all right. Well, I was hoping you would, but um, <laughs> but again, I'll take the money line of that. Um, okay. There's gonna be a bunch of like because listen, I I had my first losing record in two years last week. I went four and six. It was not good. Week ones are tough. Week ones are tough. We don't exactly know, especially the transfer portal era. It's hard to know what a team's going to be. Yeah. So. Record on the year, we are 13 and 8. Um, I'll stop my head, I don't know what that is, uh, percentage wise, but it's still okay. We're probably gonna do a lot of money line. We're gonna, just, we're gonna get back to winning ways. 
Um, I'm not going to touch James Madison against Virginia, but I think it's a very interesting game. That's all I'll okay. say. Um, uh, keep scrolling down here. I, I'm just going by the time. I'm not going by conference. What, what's the next conference okay. you want to go to? How do you want to do this? Um, I was looking at the Big 12. There's a couple games I like. Um, so there's a Friday game, Illinois at Kansas. Kansas minus three. Um, I think Illinois has got a great defensive line, maybe one of the mm-hmm. best in the country, especially compared to what they how they recruit. They barely beat Toledo last week, so I think a lot of people, more people are on Kansas. And Kansas won, but it, their quarterback was out with injury last week. He should be good for this game. Um, SEC fans will remember Luke Altmeyer from Ole Miss. He's the QB yeah. in Illinois now. Um, I, I'm going to take Illinois to win outright, so I'm going to take them plus three, but I'm going to take a money line as a dog as well. Yeah, I'm not going to touch Kansas and Illinois because it's not basketball season, so I'm probably not going to bet on that. Um, yeah. But also, so I think it'll be interesting because I love Jay, I love Jalen Daniels, and I and I'll tell you what, here's two programs that like we love to make fun of Kansas because Kansas is a shit state, and I will I will I would say die on that hill, but there, I don't think there's any hills in Kansas, so it's like I'll just die on no. that very very flat terrain. Um, that being said, I, like I love the investment these two programs have put into their their programs right like like they they new locker rooms all that kind of stuff like they they both have done a tremendous job last week kansas unveiled the new renderings for their stadium which is going to be pretty cool they already have like great dorms for the athletes like that um so i love the investment they're putting into the programs because it makes college football great right um i if i like if i was watching this i would pull for illinois because of brett bielema um and again because i hate kansas but it, it you know it's a friday night game I still I wish that we would go back game. to like what? So it could be a good game to watch. Yeah, I mean it's Friday, so I will watch it. But I mean, yeah. like the other thing is, I, you know what I wish they would do if I if I was I know Pate always says like when he's CFP commissioner, I would put Boise State on every fucking Friday night every single weekend like I, like they used to. Like maybe sprinkle in Coastal Carolina as well. But um, no, I think I think that's interesting. Like staying in the conference and an actual game that we should break down. Um, we're not going to break this one down because it's boring as shit. Uh, Iowa versus Iowa State. Oh. Early nominee for Trump, or I'm sorry, for, for Tweet of the Year. Somebody somebody tweeted out that Trump is going to be at the game. And somebody said, that's a terrible alternative to prison. <laughs> it's going to the Iowa-Iowa State game. Yeah, dude. Um, the total 30, 30, what is it, 39 and a half or 36 and 36 a half? 36 and a half. Dude, that is, that already makes it unwatchable. Yeah. And again, I'll go Iowa. And I'll just go ahead and take line. the under. I'll go ahead and take the under. That's disgusting. <laughs> that is, that is, it, oh. look, when the total is that low, you almost root for the under. It's like, let's just make this disgusting. Have you seen these people like on TikTok that are like, I don't even know what the phrase would be to describe their sexual preference, but they get like kicked in the nuts or like stomped in the nuts. That, that's an Iowa, Iowa State under better. That's you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Staying within the conference, but not doing the, I guess, probably the one with the most eyeballs on it this weekend. Um, do you have a pick on the Saturday night, 7 p.m. on Fox? Uh, number 13, Oregon at Texas Tech. Texas Tech plus six and a half at home. Total 69 and a half. Yeah, great number. Um, I'll take, I'll just, you know, listen, we'll just say it. I'll just do another Oregon money line here. I think Oregon's legit. I think, like, here, here's here's what it's selling me on Oregon, okay? Because because a and or Texas Tech has come back off of last year where they returned all eleven starters on offense, right? They they beat Ole Miss in the bowl game. Um, it's it this was like a very trendy upset pick in the offseason, right? Mm-hmm. I I like I looked at Oregon last week and I I know they're playing Portland State, 
But Dan Lanning knows how to recruit. He knows how to build a team like Kirby did and like where the like where you need to be like focused on recruiting and development and all that kind of stuff. He's got a legit quarterback. He's got a legit quarterback. He, he's got some weapons, right, at the skill positions. Um, the fact that I – this is the only reason I'm, I'm – I'm like, or the sole reason I'm taking Oregon and I'm so confident in taking Oregon is last week when I see that Bo Nix, who we have watched Bo Nix for, for four years now, have go 23 of 27 passing for three touchdowns, no picks, and not a single rush attempt. That tells me that, one – I get that it's Portland State, but he was never under duress. And that is a team that led the country in sacks allowed last year, only allowing five total. And again, I know it's Portland State. I think Oregon, I, you, you always say this, like run game travels. I think Oregon State goes into Lubbock and, and beats them. And I like, I, I just, I mean, dude, here's the other thing too, is Texas Tech just came off a loss to Wyoming, which is, there's nothing worse than riding all this momentum into the season and 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 talking about how you think you like you might be able to contend and be you had the Big Twelve commissioner coming out saying like that you know he hopes that Texas Tech comes out and beats Texas. I mean, there's nothing worse than having all these expectations and falling flat on your face. Just ask LSU. You know, um, I, I got Oregon. I, I got them. I got them to win this game outright. Obviously. Yeah, um, I'm tempted to go Texas Tech only because they lost to Wyoming last week and it's they're at home and it's they kind of need a shot in the arm. Yeah, but. I do like Oregon a lot. I actually, I'm going to take, even though the to- total is so high, I think I'm going to take the over 69 and a half in that game. Wow. Okay. Fair. Um, the, the other game that is a home game here in the Big 12 is the Saturday noon, big noon kickoff on Fox. Nebraska yeah. at number 22, Colorado. Colorado minus two point favorite. Total 69 and a half or 59 and a half. I'm sorry. Coach Prime, obviously, all the eyes are on this program now. Um, Nebraska did not look great on offense against Minnesota last week. Surprisingly, they looked okay on defense, which I think they were supposed to have a really bad defense. Um, I will refuse to bet against Coach Prime this week, even though the entire world is on Colorado. Um, But what I am going to bet is that there's going to be points scored in this game. doesn't seem to me that Colorado's defense is great. And obviously we know that cast on offense for Colorado, at least the starters, are really good. I love the OC, Sean Lewis. Yeah, I'm taking the over in this game and hoping that Nebraska wins. Personally, my fifth pick of the week. I got yeah. I'm taking Colorado and I'm taking the the over. I, there's you're out of your fucking mind if you're taking the over after watching what Nebraska's offense did last week. But you do you, boo. Um, I thought you just said you're taking the over. No, I'm taking Colorado. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Colorado to win um, outright because I, I I like what they did last week. I think they're riding a lot of like confidence and, and Nebraska's not like, like here's the thing, dude, if it's a two point spread, especially if, if Colorado gets into a situation where they are, I'm sorry, if Nebraska gets in a situation where they're in a seven point one score game late in that, in that game, I don't think that they have the mental fortitude to win that game. Cause like they've got to be so beaten down now by these one score losses. And I really don't think it's gonna be that close, man. I, I think that like, I, I, I watched an interview today with um, Joel Klatt on uh, on what do you call it? Um, what is it? Next round live uh, out of out of Birmingham, and he was talking about how like when he's talked to Saban and and Sanders, the two are very very similar in in way more ways than people think. 
And I'm not going to jump on the hype train. I hope that they lose this game as a fan. But if I had to put money on it, I'm betting on Colorado. It'll be interesting either way, man. Twelve, like this. There's not a lot of like. There's a couple of of good games, and there's one marquee game on on Saturday. But there's a it's a great day of football from start to finish in terms of intriguing games that are going to have eyeballs glued to the TV or balls. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, I went through the Big Ten. Dude, Gross. there's not very many good games. <laughs> there's not many good games in the Big Ten. You've got. Indiana, Indiana State, Penn State, Delaware, Ohio State, Youngstown State, Michigan, UNLV, Michigan State, Richmond, Northwestern, UTEP, Maryland, Charlotte, Minnesota, Eastern Michigan, Wisconsin, Washington State, Temple, Rutgers. Rutgers might be like a bowl team. Just because they beat Northwestern? Come on now. (laughs) Okay, fair. Um, Dude, Northwestern is a home dog to UTEP. That's what I was going to say. They are a home dog to UTEP. Um, you know what? Fuck it. I'll take Rutgers to cover. I'll I'll buy it down to seven. Okay. So you're going to take the Rutgers minus seven against Temple? Yeah. At home. Um, just as I bet that fan base is. There's not a person in that entire stadium that I want to be friends with. I, like, All right. Out of this conference, give me Iowa minus four against Iowa State. Yeah, I already took that. But I, oh, yeah, Iowa's a big sense team. Um, I always forget. Like the amount of games that don't have a spread is concerning. That's actually not as bad as I thought. Yeah, but it's there is not Michigan State and Richmond. I mean, UTEP is a favor or favorites at Northwestern. Maybe you know what? Like, is is UTEP worth a shit? Because if it's only one and a half, I mean, like Northwestern you basically just have to win. Yeah. What is it? Hold on. Know, they had, I'm, they not, had a I'm, not, I'm not touching that. I'm not touching oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's, that's kind of gross. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> okay. So nothing else in the Big Ten. That's totally fine. I think that's that's fair. Um, yeah. Let's get out to Pac-12 real quick. Before yeah, we get Pac-12. To the, the good stuff. Yeah, Pac- Pac-12 or Pac-10 or Pac-2, whatever, however you want to label it. Uh, let's see. I, well, I guess Colorado's in the Pac-10. Uh, so let's I start. Actually, we already did Colorado. It's also the Pac-12. Yeah, I know. I did them. Utah early, Baylor at noon. Utah yeah. Baylor. Okay. So this one intrigued me. I and I want to stay away because I don't. I don't like the number of eight. And right. Ever. Like it seems like an obvious bet because Baylor lost to Texas State last week. Yeah. Um. So they they shouldn't really be within two scores of Utah. You would think, but I was not impressed with Utah's offense with these backup QBs. I don't believe Rising is coming back for this game. No, I don't think so. So I was going to lay off, but what are your thoughts on the game? So, and there's a couple of there's a couple of Pac-12 AC or SEC matchups that are interesting. Um, yeah, there are. This game, like I, I wouldn't bet it. It'll be interesting because I think that Utah, these you're talking about two programs coming off of two very very different games, right? One that like and probably both had a lot of expectations going into the year. I know you were high on Baylor for whatever reason, probably just because you love Chip and Joe, but like. Utah going to Waco. I don't know if you guys have watched any documentaries ever on Netflix, but this 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 is the app. This is like the Netflix stock bowl. Mormons versus fucking misery and 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 just <laughs> government conspiracies. It, it, that is yeah. the that is the entire mantra of this game. Love that. Like you also decided Mormons versus misery. Let's let's tab it. Let, here's a conspiracy theory for you. Do you think that somebody in Waco is like forcing Chip and Joe to stay there because they seem way too happy to ever live in a place like Waco? But like Waco just has so many bad things that have happened to it. 
Also, Joe yeah. kind of seems like every Utah mom I've ever seen on TikTok. True. Yeah. yeah. There's something. They're a little too happy. A little, Maybe they're like, part of the cult. Bro, I'm gonna tell you this. This person, I've been this. I've been talking to this person, and what? We're not gonna, that is just, the most awkward way to say that ever. <laughs> <laughs> this person just like sends me all these like. I just been like like deep into the food the food uh tiktok and and like ig reels because i've been like trying to cook and stuff like that and my entire mm -hmm. fucking for you page now looks like a utah mom and i made that joke the other day about like my for you page and now i'm getting actual content about utah moms mm. i'm fucking over it at&t i'm fucking over it it's the worst mm. but i make a great ziti i'll tell you that um good no so back to the utah thing i'm not touching this game i i think that utah wins outright but like Again, I don't think it's worth betting on at all. There's a couple other ones that are pretty interesting. I'm not touching Washington. I might look at the first half and see what that looks like with Tulsa. Um, we already talked about Oregon Tech. Tech. Here's an intriguing game of, of, of cross-conference, uh, not rivals, but Wisconsin versus Washington State. Wisconsin's a six-point favorite. Mm -hmm. Like The theme of this entire week, especially when you look at Vegas, is there's a, there's a massive amount of away favorites and home underdogs all by around a touchdown. Yeah. All by around a touchdown. Um, I, I don't like Wisconsin stumbled out of the gates a little bit on offense, which is very surprising me with the Phil Longo stuff. Um, they finished well, but I don't know how I feel about that. Um, Washington state also is a team that put up their, you know, quarterback had 451 yards passing a week ago, which is, Pretty impressive. Um, Arizona, Mississippi State. Yeah, that's we'll weird. talk about it now. I, yeah, I I don't know. I'm tempted to be on Arizona. I think they're kind of an up and coming program, um, right? And I don't. They've got a really good passing game. I like the quarterback, Jade Delora. Um, nine's a lot for Mississippi State, and they've yeah. lost. They've lost what two really good NFL. Uh, picks over the last two years, so I don't know where their secondary is at right now. Mm -hmm. I'd probably be on Arizona in that game if I could find a nine and a half. I'd love that. Yeah, I mean ten and a half even. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it because and, yeah. and I wonder what the first half is too because Mississippi State struggled against against Southeastern Louisiana last week. Here's one that's intriguing: UCLA at San Diego State, and San Diego State's at home with a two and zero record. And a 14 and a half point underdog. Now, I haven't I haven't seen this, but like is Dante Moore gonna be your starter? He's the reason why you were willed to victory in that fourth quarter last week against Coastal Carolina. He looked fantastic. Um, but it's also an offense that didn't look great for a lot of that game. And and I, you know, like going on the road to San Diego State is a little bit odd, right? Um Yeah, you, nobody just goes into Snapdragon Stadium and comes out alive. Is that what it's called? That's what I'm looking at here. I just learned that. Snapdragon? <laughs> Snapdragon Stadium. What kind of fucking Fruitopia flavor is Snapdragon? <laughs> yeah, we're on UCLA minus 14 and a half after that. Are we? No, we're not. <laughs> I'm not okay. touching none of these games because, you know, the other one that looks intriguing is Auburn Cow. We're going to talk Auburn about Auburn is less than a touchdown though. favorite, but, like, Cow, Cow put up a shitload of points against – like, North Texas last week was a trendy uh, underdog money line pick, and Cow blew him out and put up a ton of points. So, I don't – you would think Auburn would handle Cal, but maybe Cal's better. I mean, that that's a tight line. I would I would expect for the talent level those two programs should have. Yeah, I mean this like again, it's too early. For that's another weird one. Auburn traveling to Cal. 
How about this, dude? How about, how about this? Auburn played a game Saturday. Sunday morning, they posted on Twitter that their their equipment team, managers, whatever, were already on the road going out to Cal. <laughs> like, Yikes. yeah, that sucks. Um, I think that uh, I, I, I would take in this situation, um, I would like we can we can talk more about that. Let's how about this? Let's transition into the SEC games with with this game and and talk yeah. about Auburn and Cal. Jaden Ott is a is a running back that I think people don't know enough about, um, and and he obviously had like a, a pretty good strong close at the end of last year, um, decent in week one. I don't think I. I got, I'm not going to necessarily bet against Auburn, but I don't think that this is going – like, it, it's not a tough environment to go to Cal, but it's no. such a sleepy, sleepy environment to go to Cal. Yeah, and you got to go totally across the country. Right. Um, now it is a night game, so, late, you know, late. it's a 10.30 it's a 10:30 start Eastern – so it would be 9.30 for the Auburn folks. So, I mean, that's not too bad of a – like, if it was a noon game, I'd be worried. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's that's another stay-away game for me, but it's one that I'm going to watch. Uh, just – it'll be interesting. It'll be a good Pac-12 after dark. Yeah. I mean, that, there's there's a potential there for one of these teams in the state to have a very good weekend. If Texas and or – like, I mean, like, one of these teams wins, one of these teams loses with Bama, and, and I, I just – oh. But I, I like. What is the over? Uh, it's fifty-three and a half. Hammer, absolutely hammer. hammer. Yes. All right. So that's okay, the so official bet. Over fifty-eight and a half. Here's why. You saw like I mean, fifty-three and a half. Fifty-three and a half. Fifty-three and a half. That's beautiful. Um, that might be that might be runner-up for lock of the week. Um, I tell you what, I might do Tyler. I don't. Is it too early to start teasing? Oh God! And and do a do a Auburn money line and and the over of forty seven. Uh, okay. I don't hate well, that. I, mean, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Dude, okay. Here you go. How about how about I'm in here? Can Jay we can I? we not talk ourselves into teasers right now? All right, fine, fine. But let me let me <laughs> let's let's do break down this game because I know we've been talking a lot of betting. Let's actually get into some like actual stuff with the game. Jaden Ott. Jaden Ott is a running back for Cal, and if you don't know who he is, I'm about to learn you some things, okay? So this game, uh, or a game we had a week ago, um, I guess who was it again? Who did they play in the opener? Hold on, I'll pull, I'll pull it up. Um, you, against North Texas. I don't feel like that oh, game yeah. was like – it wasn't It wasn't supposed to be that big of a point spread, I don't think. No, no. Um, like I said, North Texas was a trendy money line underdog pick. Cal was favored by five, and they won 58-21. to 21. They yeah. scored double digits in all four quarters of the game, um, and they really in the second half that they they won the they were plus twenty five in the second half. Now, one of the things I brought up so many times last year is that Auburn under Brian Harson was miserable in the second half of games, horrible. Um, I don't know if that's the case now, but there were a lot of people that were watching that game a, a week ago um, with Auburn talking about the run defense being an issue because UMass had some pretty big runs, especially early. They were able to run the football. It probably would have been worse if their dual threat quarterback wasn't injured early on in that game, like on the first drive of the game. Now the game wasn't close. I mean, Auburn blew them out, but like, yeah. you're going, 
basically 3,700 miles away from home or however long. Um, and you're, you're going to face a very good running back and a pretty good offense. So I think the over is absolutely the play here. I like it. I'm going to join you on that, that pick. Um, so actually, I think a really fun game before we get to the game of the week is number 20 Ole Miss at number 24 Tulane. Yeah. I think it's a really fun game. Uh, Tulane, seven-point underdog at home. So, again, you talk about a, a road team going on the road, being favored by a touchdown, around touchdown. This game is at 3.30 on ESPN2 on Saturday. Uh, in New Orleans, um, I kind of like Tulane here, man. Like I, really? So, yeah, the, the reason why is you look go back to last year. So, they still have Michael Pratt, who's a, a pretty good QB in his own right. Mm-hmm. Um, Kiffin came out this week. Now, this may be just – Part of it, but he said that he thinks Tulane is a has the talent of a SEC team. I'm, I'm not sure. here to refute that, but sure. Um, but remember, so this is this is Tulane has probably been preparing for this game all offseason. Home yeah. game, it's a chance to make a statement. It's a it's a you know a nationally televised game. Last year they beat Kansas State, who won the Big Twelve, and they beat USC. Um, so I, I think they have at least game. the confidence to to play in this game. Last week. They played South Alabama, who was ten and three last year, and they they won by twenty points. Um, so they look good. Michael Pratt was he only had one incompletion last week, three hundred yards, four touchdowns, named AAC Player of the uh, Week. He tied the school record for career touchdown passes. So mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna I like Tulane to get up for this game. I like Coach Willie Fritz. Give me Tulane plus seven. I don't know that they win the game, but I, I I'll take them with the points. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one for me. I I think that looking at them from a season ago, right, the defense has given up five yards of play. Yeah, it's not great. Right? You're you're giving up on average of almost four yards a rush. That's not what you want when you're playing Ole Miss. I think that this is a steal of a game in terms of – what did you say the line was? It was six? Seven. I'm fucking I, Ole Miss, Ole Miss, okay. and, and like head to I, head, listen, baby. I mean, I might drop a little tease in there. Um, oh gosh. I mean, so Ole Miss put up 73 points in their first game against Mercer. I know Mercer sucks, but I'll say something here right now. Mercer also probably isn't that far fetched from what Tulane is facing. Mercer's a ranked team in FCS. They're not okay. that far away from some of the teams they're going to play. Like, I don't think they're that far from, like, some of the teams they played a year ago. I'm probably talking out of my ass right now. Um, but I, I do think that, like, Ole Miss is – they came out on fire early. And this is something I, I love that Kiffin does, which is schedule a game against a non-con opponent on the road. It's They did it at Georgia Tech last year. It's a team they should beat. I think they do. I think they win. I think they win by seven. I think I would. I would probably buy it down to six, but I would take all this. Okay. Um, you ready to get to game of the week? Is there anything else we're missing from the SEC? Yeah. No, nah, I mean you got Ball State, Georgia, Eastern Kentucky, Great. Kentucky, Kent State, Arkansas, uh, Austin P, Tennessee, Middle but Tennessee. Lots of prayers and- to Ball State. Yeah, uh, Furman, South Carolina, Grambling, LSU, and McNeese State in Florida. I don't. I'm not even. I haven't even seen what it is. 
but whatever it is, Georgia first half against Ball State, <laughs> like yeah. absolutely whatever it is. I, I, there's one that's intriguing me, and I, I think it, it it would be not the worst game to put put money on is Mizzou at at home against MTSU. It's only a twenty and a half point spread. I don't think that's that crazy. I tell you what, here's something's gonna blow your fucking mind. How about South Carolina at home against Furman? And on Odd Shark, you know how they do like on, on oddshark.com, they do the projected score. Uh-huh. You want to take a guess what it is? Ooh, well, I just looked it up. <laughs> Dang it, Tyler. 31 24 Furman. And and Beamer came out and said earlier <laughs> this week. That's, that's wild, dude. That's wild. Um, There's not even a line on the game. Right. All right, no. let's just get to this damn game. I want to talk about it. All right, let's fucking go. All right. Well, I'll give you. I'm going to give you my pick, and then I'm going to let you do the deep dive and make your official pick. Um. Okay. You talked all off season about how great Texas is going to be. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to say, "Hey, look, I'm just you know, Bama minus seven's lock of the week." I, I think it's going to be. Look, I like the under in this game. I'll just get to it. Two good defenses. Quinn Ewers, not exactly the best thrower of the deep ball. Uh-huh. And so I could see more of a methodical movement of the ball, maybe doing decent in the run game. I think the clock constantly moving helps with the under as well. I don't personally trust Milrow yet. Um, I'm, uh, I'm going to okay. save my judgment against him because I don't know that Middle Tennessee is a great um, display of like what he's going to be going up against starting this week. Um, maybe Saban also plays a little more conservative with Milrow in this game. I do like Bama to win the game. So I'm going to just tell you that right now. It's a home game. Yeah. I think they could do enough to win the game. I would probably take the points with Texas because it was such a close game last year. And I think, you know, Texas is a better team this year. At least I want to say Bama's offense was probably better last year than it will be this year. So I think it'll be a close game. But I'll take Bama to win. But my official pick is the under 54 and a half. Um, let's hear it, Chris. Let's hear your prediction. Because all offseason, you said Texas was going to win this game straight up. Listen, you can talk all the shit you want. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. There are very few times. I've, I've, I've seen this in my life. And you guys know how unhinged and out of fucking control I am. I bruised the fuck out of my left tit on on Saturday night last week from beating my chest on the first Jalen Milrow touchdown. <laughs> Dude, that's my move too. I just I always beat my chest during games. It's like such a primal yeah it's like such a primal thing to do. It's, it's awful. It's like I'm I'm ashamed of it. Um anyway but I was so fired to watch Jalen Milrow and I think this game will be interesting to see what he looks like. Um and and like I, I I said all offseason I thought that Texas would win this game by 10 plus points. And I'm going to walk that back a little because I don't think that's going to happen. Um, it might. If it does, I'll still take credit for it because I said it all offseason. I'm excited for this game for a number of reasons. One of the reasons I'm excited is there are a few times in the Saban dynasty, especially over the last six to eight years, where Bama fans have gone into a game and they know, like, or I'm sorry, they don't know with absolute certainty that they're going to win a game. It is, yeah. it is usually like we know we're going to win. How much are we going to win by? 
And if we don't do all the things that I think we should be doing as a fan, I'm going to sit here on my hands for three fucking quarters or two quarters until I can blame the OC and the DC. And then I'm going to walk my happy ass home and beat traffic. Like Bama fans are entitled. They're awful. They're miserable. They think that they should win every game. They will never hear anything other than that. They're the best program in the country. And if that doesn't sound like every single fucking person I have talked to in burnt orange and white, Without the fucking trophy case, then I don't know who, what, who it is. <laughs> it is it, this, the shit talk I've heard from Texas fans this week who have absolutely no fucking idea what they are walking into. That absolutely, there are so few times that Bama fans have known that this, this game and the outcome is going to be somewhat impacted by them. And they have to fucking show up. And I don't think yeah. the fans are going to be what wins or loses the game at all. But I tell you what, that whole idea about Bryant Denny being overrated, it's just like, it's just a lot of it's 100,000 fans, but they're all quiet because they, you know, because they're usually up by fucking 40 by the fourth quarter. That's not going to happen this weekend. And Texas is a great football program and they've got athletes everywhere, like I told you, nonstop. But what they haven't done, and I don't know the last time they've had to do it is go into a fucking stadium with 101,000 people with a total of 101 teeth yelling at the top <laughs> of their fucking lungs and and like and facing that. Like this this is the moment for Texas. Is it too big for you? Is it too big Fair for Quinn Ewers? Is it too big for Xavier Worthy? I saw a, a play last week where Jatavian Sanders got hit in the fucking helmet. On the same side, we've seen Jalen Milrow in a night game against a team from the same state a year ago and looked pretty bad. Is this moment too big for him? When I look at the game, I know that when I, from, from the people that I've talked to that are close to the program or that cover the program, again, if you're a Bama fan, go check out the video with me and Clint Lamb should be up on the SDS YouTube channel. Fantastic insight and, and breaking down what he thinks like, and I think that the, the biggest matchups will be for me. If we're getting into the deep dive part of it, he brought up the thing about the, the offensive line. I don't think you had to show last week what you were going to do on the offensive line. I don't think you had to push people around. You didn't really do it against MTSU. I think it's a lot of concern for, for people as of right now. You get the opportunity to do it this week. Like, you know, they, then you look and talk about like the receivers with defensive backs. Man, how about these guys that, that Bama brought in from the portal and, and, and Jalen Key and, and, and like, some of these guys that, that were kind of afterthoughts because they weren't high, highly ranked recruits and they came from a group, group of five program. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're looking up at a, a safety in his first game and he has an 89.3 uh, grade from PFF, which is one of the highest in the country at that position. You're not going to throw on Kool-Aid. Two things that aren't going to happen on Kool-Aid. You're not going to throw on them and you're not going to not get diabetes if you drink it. Yeah. Uh, Terry and Arnold. Fantastic. I, I, I'm fired up for so many reasons to watch this defense and see what Bama's made of. And for the first time in a long time, I don't know what it is. I really don't. That being said, from a betting standpoint, Texas plus four and a half first half. I think Texas comes out, like I've said, all offseason. Sarkon script. I think Texas, like the, the bets that I would take, Texas to score first and Texas plus four and a half in the first half, Texas first quarter money line. I would take all of them. Okay. 
I think they come out and they get it. They get it. This is like a reminiscent a little bit of games like you've seen in the past of like the Tennessee game last year. I don't think it's twenty one seven, but I do think it's going to be ten nothing, fourteen three type of situation early on because Sark's going to be on script and he's got some dudes. And and the biggest thing I'm intrigued about with Sark's offense, as I said this in that video, is I wonder how gimmicky it is. And I hate to use that word because he's not a gimmicky guy. He's he's a great X's and O's guy. But like we've seen it like in the national championship game when he brought. Devontae Smith in the backfield and then brought him back on a wheel route. The first drive of last year against Texas when he was bringing people out of the backfield and, and, and running people all over and they're coming in one formation and jumping into another. And It's not trick plays, but it's not not trick plays. How much of that is going to happen with Sark versus how much is he just going to line up and be like, hey, I've got – I'm going to go five wide with the third highest ranked recruit in the history of high school football at a quarterback and five stars galore everywhere at receiver and see if you can stop it. I think that this game is a is very similar to the 2012 AM game where Texas is going to come out. They're going to do some stuff that Bama doesn't know. What, like they're going to get confused in the back end. They're going to settle into the game, claw their way back. But in the end, I don't know if this Bama team is, is built to keep up for 60 minutes on offense with the way they want to like run their offense. Intermediate passing routes, not dink and dunk, but like play action, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't think they're built to do that. I don't know. I don't know if they're built to come back from from a deficit, but I don't think they're built to hang with a team like Texas, who's going to stretch you vertically and 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 throw all over you. So I'm going to walk back that ten points. But Texas wins this game. Mm-hmm. I'll say thirty-four to thirty-one. Oh wow! So you're going over. I'm going under. Uh, what is it? Why are you saying over? So many unders. Another nugget here, uh, this is from Action Network. Nick Saban has gone just 2-5 and five against the spread as a favorite of seven or fewer points at home since being at Alabama. How many outright losses? I don't know. Just I know against the spread. Amazingly, since 2011, they've only been a seven or fewer point favorite at home twice and never against a non-conference opponent. So 20... 20- 19 LSU, which was a loss. Yep. And I think it might have been 2020 Georgia, which by seven or by six and a half. Wow. So, yeah, man. I, well, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I I will I will leave you on this, and this is something that, that just for Bama fans. I will be with you in the stadium. I will be there all week. Hit me up on, on whatever, and hopefully we'll 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 grab a drink or something. I don't know. But I'm, I'm fired up just like you guys, and I hope they win just like you guys. But I will also tell you one thing that I'm I'm very excited for, and I've lost my train of thought. I forgot what it was. Never mind. Oh, no. Dari Noka said this. Dari Noka said this today. He said, he said, Marler, I'll say this now before they get into the league, but as an Oklahoma grad, there is absolutely nothing like watching Texas fans be upset after a loss because no one handles it worse. And for that... The petty part of me can't fucking wait. Close this <laughs> out here, Tyler. All right, that's the end of the show. As always, we really appreciate you all listening to the show. It would really help us and the growth of our show if you would rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify and leave us a review. We will read the best ones on air. Uh, like and subscribe to our YouTube page. And don't forget to leave us a message on the game day hotline, yeah. 770-674-8233. Call in. Even if there's not a voicemail, uh, like you hear me or Chris saying, hey, welcome to the uh, hotline or whatever, just leave the voicemail. Uh, Just know that if you leave a voicemail, we have a right to air it on our show. So keep that in mind. 
don't forget to check out the SDS podcast every week with Connor O'Gara. And check out all our videos and clips from the show on Twitter, at SatDownSouth, and at SatFBUncensored. Instagram and TikTok, at SaturdayDownSouth, and YouTube, SaturdayDownSouth. For Chris, I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening. Good luck this weekend, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.